Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Excellent. Oh, wow, we have more people here than I thought they'd be here on a long weekend. I was already to say, it's great to have the faithful disciples, the 12 who stayed with us. But uh, there's actually more than 12 people. That's, that's good. Uh, thank you, band. You can wrap it up, wind it up. And uh, I'm reading from Matthew 26, verses 6 to 13. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. So he's been healed by Jesus of leprosy. And what was his response? Oh, Jesus, I've got. I've come to my house. I want to give you something. I want to give you some food, and I want to have you in my house. And that's our response to God as well. When He touches us, as Tia said, when she came here, she got touched by God. So her natural response is, "Wow, I want to have Jesus in my house, and I want to contribute to whatever He's doing." While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster, alabaster jar of expensive uniform. Uniform? Where did that come from? <laughs> Let that one go past. Expensive perfume and poured it over his head. That was just to make sure everyone was listening and awake. Um, the disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. You could have put all that money into the poor instead of buying a building. I mean, uh, instead of uh, taking this alabaster perfume jar. But Jesus, aware of this, replied, Why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You all will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. So there's seasons and times and priorities in our life with our finance. She's poured perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. And here we are, 2,000 years later, remembering and discussing this woman's deed. And she had something that she did that was an impact on the world. She left behind something. She left behind an impact, a footprint on the world. And each of us, God's desire is for each of us to leave behind an impact on the world. What's the impact that you want to leave? And Vision Builders is a great time to be thinking about that because that's one way we can, as a group, leave an impact on Canberra. But God is into legacy. Legacy is what we leave behind when we go. And all of us are going, hello. some point, if Jesus doesn't come back, we'll all be uh, inside a box. And um, hopefully our parents, our parents, our families will choose a nice box. But really, that's not the impact that we want to leave behind. We want to leave a whole lot more legacy than that. It's like airplanes going across the sky leaving a contrail of white uh, ice crystals across the sky and you can see where the aeroplane has been, where the, where the aeroplane's coming from and you can sort of see the trajectory of where the aeroplane is going. 
And I want to leave behind me a contrail that shows people in the future and around me where I'm coming from and where I'm going. We need to leave a trail behind us, a trail of good things behind us. And speaking of aeroplanes, I've been on to the Microsoft Flight Simulator computer program, not the latest U-Butte one, which there will be a season of purchasing, but the older version. And I remember looking at the radar and uh, trying to find that airport. And sure enough, eventually it comes onto the screen, the airport where the destination is. And last year when uh, my father passed away, my mother had already passed away, I, more than when mum did, I, I remember feeling, wow. I felt like the, the, my end point, my destination, my, the end of my life started to just appear on the edge of the radar. Hadn't been there before because I'm far too young. But there it was. Okay, my parents have gone, wow, okay. And the airport started to appear on my radar. And I thought, well, I look back in my life. And, and the, the, the things that are behind me are longer than the things that are ahead of me. The, the contrail behind me is, lo- is further away than the airport in front of me. So I haven't got that much time left to make a difference before I land this thing. And I want it to be worth my while, worth my time, worth God's influence in me seems like just a blink yesterday and Emma was born you know bing. now she's 30 and I think wow in another bing blink I probably won't be here that distance suddenly and all of us have got that to look forward to the positive message this morning I want you to think about death that's what we're talking about God wants us to leave a legacy. God is really into legacy. He loves each of us. He loves you. He wants you to have an awesome legacy. He wants you to be able to look back and say, wow, I can see what God's done. I can see things in the past. I can, as I finish up my life, the whole of the trip just seems like a short blink. But I, God has given me a legacy. You know, God gave Abraham a legacy You've trusted me, Abraham. You had no children. I'm going to give you millions and millions of children. And we are actually part of Abraham's legacy. He gave a legacy to Joseph. Didn't look like he was going to have much of a legacy for a while there. He's in prison, unfairly, unjustly put in prison. But God, by the time Joseph passed away, he could look back and see a whole nation eventually, but a a tribe of people who were saved from famine and who were brought into safety and who had a future because of the life of faithfulness and the way God had used Joseph. And then God gave Moses a legacy. Moses, when he passed away, he could see the promised land And you could see this nation of millions of people who were about to move in there. He had a legacy. Jesus, by the time he left the earth, he had a seed of 12, 70, 500 followers, different levels of closeness to him. But he left a seed behind that would produce fruit and grow into a movement that would eventually become an eternal 
kingdom. God gave Jesus a legacy. God wants to give you a legacy. He wants to give me a legacy. Obviously, we leave behind, we can leave behind children. That's a very important legacy. In terms of our house as a church, we leave behind a legacy of children of the Spirit. Spiritual children who've come here and found God, been born again, lives have been transformed like tears, like mine, hopefully like yours. And each of us is part of the legacy of this church. And we want, we've got so much more to do. We're just barely scratching the surface. And we want this to continue on and on and on. A legacy is all about making a difference. John 10.10 says this, The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. So what the devil is always trying to do to us, he's trying to steal from us, steal our our joy, steal our hope, steal our confidence, steal our, our forgiveness and our sense of righteousness and cleanliness before God, which we always have. He wants to, to, to kill us. He wants to kill off our dreams, kill off our hopes, kill off our faith. He wants to destroy our future. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have abundant life, life and abundant life. One version says, life to the full. And when you look at uh, the researcher uh, Abraham Maslow, who set out the hierarchies, the hierarchy of human need, what motivates people? What do people need in order to live a full life because jesus says i've come to give you that i've come to give you a full life okay so what do people need to have a full life well first of all we need physical things we need food water clothing we need somewhere to put our head down and rest and then above that we need security we need to be protected from danger we need to sense that we are going to have enough money to to pay the bills and to get through life and to survive. And then above the safety needs, we need a sense of belonging. These are all things that we want to give as parents to our kids, right? And God wants you to have them as well. He wants you to have a full life. He wants us to have a sense of being loved and that we belong, that we've got people who care about us, people who value us, people who, who, who want to be close to us. We all need that. And then above that, he said that we all need to feel a sense of esteem, of self-respect, feeling that we've been, we are recognized, that, that we have freedom to do what we would like to do. And then above that, Maslow originally said that the topmost thing was self-actualization, which is another fancy term for basically meaning success. You want to feel like you succeed. But they have since added another thing to that pyramid they've added another level because beyond success is another level of human need where we we want to be able to do this and it's significance beyond success beyond making a whole lot of money and and having that job and the, and building something huge and some great edifice or something of organization or business we want to feel that we've actually done something of significance, something that's actually worth doing, something that's made a difference, something that's changed the world, something that has, is much bigger than just doing something for me. I want to do something for God. I want to do something that God says, well done. You did it. You put your hand to that. It's great. 
Because we can sometimes think, well, what difference can I make to the whole world? And it's like the guy walking along the beach and he sees in the distance someone seeming to doing a dance, a da- dancing around, bobbing down, jumping up, throwing their arms around. As, they, as he gets closer, he sees that it's, it's a girl. She's bending down and she's picking up starfish and throwing them into the ocean. And as he, as he gets closer, he sees that the whole beach ahead of him, for as far as he can see, is covered by starfish. He says to her, what, is, what are you doing? She says, well, if the, 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 the tide, the big tides we've had recently washed all these starfish up here, if I don't put these starfish back into the ocean, they're going to die. And he says, but there's, there's thousands of starfish. You're not going to make a difference. And so she picks up one starfish, throws it into the ocean, and she says, well, I made a difference to that one. Because... We don't have to think about making a difference to the world. We just have to make a difference to our world. What are the situations God gives us to make a difference? That's what he's, con- he's concerned about. That's what God's focus is on for us. Here it is, Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He's got good things planned for you to do and good things planned for you to do. Good things planned for each of us to do. It's like a red carpet of good things. You wake up in the morning and the Lord, the Lord the Holy Spirit says, Good morning, I hope you had a nice sleep. And um, here's your red carpet for the day. So you start to take a walk and you run into someone else in the house and uh, you've got the opportunity to, have, to, to, to do a good thing. Good morning. Not everyone says that first thing in the morning. Some people don't step onto the red carpet until it's about 10 o'clock. <laughs> you start walking along that red carpet of good things that God has planned for you today. God has got good things planned for you right after church. They don't always say hello i'm a good thing sometimes they say hello i'm an ugly thing and you've got to do something good but god's got good things for us to do that he's planned for each of us to do and good things will come to those who are generous with their red carpet as it says in psalm 112 verse 5 so we can look back each day and hopefully each week, each month, each year and our life and we can see a trail behind us of good things. And we've been walking down this red carpet of good things. You can do it like this actually. You'll have a little bit of a, what's that, tango kind of, as you walk down your red carpet and you've left a contrail of good things behind you. And we can make a difference in our world as just as one person because we can attend to the one person we can be encouraging to one person we can notice that one person we can pick up that one starfish and put them back in the ocean we can find that one person who is lonely and bring them in so we had a, a, a gentleman just this morning join our church and a little bit lonely so got him to go to the men's breakfast on Wednesday morning. Bring him in. The one starfish God gives you today, or maybe this week. Make sure you pick it up, 
throw back in the ocean. Don't leave it for someone else just because there's so many starfish around. No, God just wants you to look at that one. But, you know, we, we can multiply our effectiveness. We can multiply our influence beyond just what we can do as one person. Uh, and, and Jesus is into the one. Jesus is into using one person. He basically says, just you and me, we're going to do this. But he also says, I've created a church. And I want you to be part of that because all of you together can do more than just one of you. Because if a non-Christian meets one nice, generous, kind, caring Christian, they can say, well, that's a nice, caring, kind person. But then if they meet two nice, caring, kind Christians or three or, or, or 700, they say, wow, all of those people have got something. And Jesus will say, yeah, that's right, because as a team, as a group, you can really achieve something. He sent people out two by two. He didn't send them out on their own. He sent them out with somebody else. Lots of reasons for that. So we multiply our effectiveness when we're with other people because when many people do a little, the result is a lot. We had a Wheatbix strongman visit Emmaus Christian School back in the day. And he was a big guy, nearly as big as Noel Young. Muscles on top of muscles, rippling on top of muscles. And uh, he was a pretty strong guy. And he'd sort of walk around the playground with three kids hanging off each arm, dangling above the ground, yawning, you know. But when we got a tug of war rope out, we put him at him by himself at one end. This is the same guy who'd pulled a jumbo jet across the tarmac at Melbourne Airport. We put him up against a whole bunch of primary school kids and he started to struggle because the jumbo jet didn't have its brakes on. <laughs> These kids had their brakes on. They were digging in and they were pulling back. Jumbo jet didn't do that. It just rolled along. And those kids pulled the strongest man in Australia across the oval. They bound the strong man. Why? Because many people together doing a little will do a lot. Now, with this building here, we're, we're, we're moving towards eventually paying it off. And we've had one person give uh, over the time more than $700,000 towards that. But that's not where the heavy lifting has happened. The heavy lifting has happened when hundreds of people say, I'll, I'll just do my bit, whatever I can do. And it's praise God for wealthy people. It's a blessing. It's actually a gift of giving. But all of us have the opportunity to say, well, I'm going to join that tug of war rope and I'm going to give it a little pull. I'm not as strong as that guy, but I can still make a difference. So we can make a difference as an individual, and God will use it. But we can also join with others and say, let's, let's all make a difference. Let's all build a barn. I stayed in a, a house built in America by a group of Mennonites who go in and build houses for missionaries, and they all get together and they'll build together. And they raise it up, often putting the frame up in a day. Because... A community can do more than an individual. 
We have a lot more to do. As soon as we finish one thing, God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Here's another thing to do. You've done really well with those five cities. Now here's five more. Done really well with those two talents. Here's two more. Go and do some more. Because that's the way we're wired. We're not wired to sit back and watch Netflix. We're actually wired to do something and and get fulfillment out of doing something really good. Achieving something for God. Psalm 112 verse 9 says this, They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honour. And one of the key reasons that Rome became a Christian city was because of the, of the great love and generosity of the Christians to each other. And everyone said, well, I, I want part of that. And also their love and generosity towards non-Christians going around the city collecting babies that had been uh, thrown out to get rid of them, going around the city collecting women who were being abandoned by their, uh, their husbands. People will see we're Christians by our love. It's the greatest legacy we can have. But we need a place to show love. It's much easier than meeting in a, in a you know, car park or a, a field somewhere. What do you want people to say about you? What evidence do you want to leave behind of the things that were important to you? Of the things of value to you? Of your priorities, what evidence will your future uh, generations see? Your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, they look back and say, I want to see what that relative of mine was into. Wow. They were part of that church in North Canberra that was full of life and it was life-giving. There were marriages healed. And there still are, you know, in 50, 100 years' time, there's still marriages being healed. There's still drug addicts being set free. There's still freedom courses going to set people free from past traumas and, and weights and burdens that are holding them down. If you, if you have weights and burdens and past traumas, you need to do the freedom course. It's awesome. Everybody who's done it is just blessed by it. Still going on in 50 years' time. They were part of that church that made such an impact on the city. As they grew and their influence grew, the crime rate in Canberra went down. They started to send people out to the prisons and, and minister there and touch people so there was, that people didn't go back to prison after they'd been touched by the power of God. You know, the, our vision just keep, is just a big, bigger vision until all of Canberra is worshipping the Lord on a Sunday. Everybody is set free. They were part of that church that developed leaders small group leaders, team leaders, service leaders, eventually other location leaders. We've already sent uh, leaders to Scotland. If you're ever in Edinburgh, make sure you visit their church. It's an awesome church, Nathan and Lisa's church. Poverty improved in Canberra. Suicides dropped. Marriages stayed together. They They were people who were prepared to take from what they have and give it to Jesus and let him multiply it to feed the 5,000, the 10,000, the 50,000, the 400,000. God wants to give you a legacy. But my legacy, your legacy, is all entangled and locked up inside his legacy for his son. 
And if you're sitting here today and you're wanting a legacy to leave behind for future generations, then you need to connect up with Jesus and say, how can I join in? And if you're not connected to Jesus, we're going to give you an opportunity right now if you want to, to open your heart up to him. In fact, let's close our eyes. And if that's you, then say this prayer after me. In fact, we'll all say it because it's a great reminder and a focus for all of us. So let's do that right now. Please say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your great love. Thank you that you promise to give us a legacy. Lord God, I'm sorry for my sin. I turn and face you. I ask you for your forgiveness through Jesus Christ who died for me. And I invite you to lead me from this day forth to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.